0: Passé, faisons table rase, sous l'esclave debout, debout Le monde va changer de base, nous ne sommes rien, soyons.
1: Talking about Ken McMullin's film 1871, and what better day to do that than on May 5th, the birthday of Karl Marx. I'm Neil Jacoby, and here with my brother Eric Jacoby is where I am. I fucked up. I fucked up that sentence, huh? Anyway,
2: Eric, ask the question. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was watching Super Hot Fire videos. Hey, Super Hot Fire. He watched that. (laughs) it's exactly what was going on yeah uh happy birthday uh uh uh, carl marx uh good job on being born on that one we're watching evan McMullen's film 1871 (laughs) i'm eric jacoby got a quick question hey who is uh timothy spall timothy spall Became a household name in the
1: United Kingdom after appearing in the 1983 ITV comedy drama series
2: Alf Sen, Pet Eric. Who is Timothy Spall? In this film, 1871, Timothy Spall plays Rambord, I think. I don't know if that's how his name is pronounced. I'm honestly not certain they say his name during the movie. But he is the owner of this theater slash brothel, uh, which is essentially a sort of uh, a cabaret or burlesque uh, show that people go to because it's France in the 1800s. And this is the only way they can see naked people who aren't like in the streets dying of stuff. Uh, so he's quite a charming character. He's always uh, yelling at people. But in a fun way. Yeah,
1: 1871, Uh, that's like, what, 50 years before the invention of the internet? Something like that,
2: yeah. I mean, the telephone probably wouldn't even be invented for some, you know, time. Yeah. I don't even think they had, like, I don't know. I genuinely don't know (laughs) what was invented around 1871. (laughs) I have have no concept of time outside (sighs) of, like, movies. (laughs) I have no concept of history outside
1: of class struggle. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, oh shit, I'm doing the summary this time, aren't I?
2: <laughs> yep, hit it.
1: I very rarely have to do this, but okay. So we opened in 1871, and uh, O'Brien, who is an Irishman with a beard, is running some sort of theater or very, very primitive movie house in, what was it,
2: London? Mm-hmm. Somewhere like that. It's... It's essentially, um, you know, those uh, those things that you spin it and it cr- it creates an image if you look at it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had like uh, I had one of those. Um, but with, with like. Uh, Bravo. N- yeah, but I also had one with a uh, Jackie Chan from Jackie Chan Adventures.
2: Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Nice. I'm sure you got that at a toy at some fast food place yeah, as a kid. I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but imagine one of those, but gigantic and much slower uh so it's this gigantic uh, uh uh not circular but um it's this very long picture that loops around in this curved wall and the whole picture turns and you watch it so like a, a planetarium
1: but for uh for history people instead of space people
2: <laughs> a planetarium but they had not yet invented space <laughs> Uh, A planetarium, if planets actually
1: existed and and we didn't live on a flat Earth.
2: (laughs) anyway, Have you heard
1: of the the hollow Earth theory? I've heard something like it. It's, uh, you know the flat Earth theory, right? I'm familiar with it. So imagine that, but instead of being flat, the Earth is, uh... It's kind of like a bowl with glass over it. (laughs) And, uh... It's kind of like the Hollow Earth, but there's it, it doesn't go all the way around for some reason. And so, like, there's a literal glass ceiling. It's, like, literally a thing they say on the website.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, there's a really great F-plus episode about it called The Space in Our Planet. I
2: have to check that and out. And it
1: features a fantastic half of a conversation between this very angry guy and and some guy who was apparently pretending he was able to lift more than he actually was and that guy's response is <laughs> we're all deleted so he only got the you're a fucking liar if you say you can bench that much you picked the wrong place to lie in you should have lied about the shape of the earth asshole <laughs> it, it's just it's a fantastic time Wow. But, uh, anyway, anyway, O'Brien is at, uh, he's working in there in 1879.
2: Hang on, hang on, are you going through a tunnel? (laughs) Am I? Hmm. Anyway,
1: anyway, he is in this thing in 1879, and he starts reminiscing about 1871, and that's when we go into our first act. This movie is divided into sort of a prologue and three acts, and, uh... It's very it's very theatrical. It's kind of like the 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 act breaks have this sort of uh, silent film quality to them, like silent film intertitles. And uh, mm-hmm. do you remember the opening credits? I uh, vaguely. They have so many fonts going on in those opening uh, opening credits. Every name yeah. is in a different font, and I. I, I was not sure I was going to feel this movie based on those opening credits, but it, it won me over quickly, because uh, in 1871,
2: we are in... It's like a, it's like an old-timey hipster enter the void. <laughs> uh, it's like Gangster Popeye
1: designed their credit sequence. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: motherfucking Revolution Zone. <laughs> But
1: anyway back in about zero of course. <laughs> yes. In uh 1871 the year not not the movie <laughs> but also in the movie 18 the movie 1871 which is set in the year 1871 uh we are introduced to this theater run by Timothy Spall as Rambord and uh they are they are putting on this uh they're in Paris the theater is in Paris and they're putting on this opera uh, set somewhere in ancient Greece, and much like everything in ancient Greece, it's basically
2: an excuse for boobies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole civilization was created just so that uh, people could get naked, yeah, and have sex on urns. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh, I guess Depicted that's uh urns. Not like standing on urns; that'd be unstable. I guess that's what that uh, weekend
1: song earned it is about.
2: i'll take your word for that i haven't heard any weekend songs except the i can't feel my face one
1: uh the weekend uh beauty behind the madness is a pretty good album
2: i only know the weekend song that goes my face is all numb because of cocaine (laughs) but i love it
1: (laughs) but yeah uh they uh france is ruled by an emperor at that point point. The Emperor is haunted by the spirit of Karl Marx who just appears in his uh, his chamber while he's dressed as Julius Caesar and posing for a portrait, to just think... uh, talk menacingly at him about how things occur first as
2: tragedy, then as farce. I think we all remember uh, the, f- the first words of the Communist Manifesto, uh, There's a specter haunting Europe, and it's me, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I remember in uh, the Communist Manifesto where the ghost of Karl Marx appears to Scrooge and he's carrying <laughs> all those chains. These are the chains forged by global capitalism. <laughs> Mend your ways these or you shall wear ch- these chains too. <laughs>
2: What I what I liked was I was watching the movie, and I was like, oh, wow, so this is, you know, this is the ghost of Karl Marx coming to haunt him. And then I uh, did a quick Google search, and Karl Marx would still be alive during <laughs> the time that this movie takes place. So it's just like a hallucination, I guess, but he also appears later in the film when the emperor is not present.
1: Yeah, this would be like less than a decade after uh, he helped write a letter to President Lincoln about the uh... – Pressing pro- the, the pressing need to uh, end slavery.
2: hmm
1: Did you know that Karl Marx almost moved to Texas? I did. I, I yes. also heard that uh, inebri- the inebriated past bonus episode of Chapo Trap House. I haven't listened to that one yet. Oh, well, he I, talked about I, that, did... but mostly about uh, this, uh, I, I believe it's a, a German guy, a German communist who moved to Texas uh joined the union army
2: and might have been gay. <laughs> oh wow. I um I did listen the other day. I've been going through the uh, the Chapo subscriber episodes and I listened to the election night one. Oh. Yeah. It it was it was kind of rough because at the beginning they they keep making jokes about how Trump is going to win. And I was like, "Ooh, buddy." Ooh. It was it was a rough listen. I've
1: seen the uh the documentary about that. It's called uh I I actually laughing Chapo Trap House Election Night. It like it compares footage shot after the event, before the event, and during the event and like sort of tells the story of that night. <laughs> Just the, oh, wow, the change I... in sort of the national mood as wow, microcosm. It uh it went up like
2: maybe a week ago. That sounds good. I'll check that out. You could have asked me, uh, have I seen, uh, literally any movie that wasn't for Spell Talk in the past four <laughs> months? Wow. Answer would be the same.
1: Uh, anyway, back to the, uh, the film, 1871. Mm-hmm. So, they're in that theater, and, uh, they, they have the star actress, the, the beauty of Mexico, except she's not actually from Mexico. And, uh,. And so they have the Prince of Wales there as well, and he is horned as fuck, Mm and so after the show, he tries to talk her up, and I I, I don't think he goes anywhere, but anyway.
2: He keeps talking about his mom, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, that's weird,
1: that's weird. But the mo- the more yeah, important part of that scene... She's
2: wearing his jacket uh, with all the medals on it, and he's going through each of the medals, and he's like, and I got that one from my mama, <laughs> and I got this one from my mama, and this one my mama gave me. Like, dude, this is a bad look. Mama, like, I got these in ARMY! Mom, <laughs> would a coward have these, mother? <laughs> these are my awards from ARMY. But no, because not only are you talking about your mom, you're making yourself look like you haven't earned anything. (laughs) Like, bad,
1: bad job. But yeah, while they're doing that, his assistant, Lord Grafton, who is, he seems harmless at first. Lord Grafton,
2: because he's always trying to scam people.
1: Yeah, and not even in the fun way, like uh, Nick and uh, Fetcher. In in the bad Mm -hmm. way, where he's an, an agent of foreign governments.
2: Mhm. Just like our president. Hashtag where the tax returns. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag RussiaGate. Hashtag Cheetos. Hashtag you know whatever. Trump is Trump say. is actually a CIA psyop, much like <laughs> so, us. That's true. That's true. I'm getting bankrolled by the CIA, which you can tell by how stellar the recording quality <laughs> is. Yes, uh, we're
1: being paid both by the CIA and by George Soros, which. You you think it's a conflict but apparently apparently there's a there's no non-compete clause.
2: Mhm. Whenever I go to cash my checks like the banker is of course uh also getting paid by Soros so whenever I like put out the CIA check he just kind of gives me a look and I'm like I'm sorry man I got to get my money somehow. Everybody's got to have a side gig. Yeah. It's the gig uh... economy and my gig is protesting for Soros. <laughs> And uh, also podcasting for the CIA. Yeah. Uh, but really, what it's all for is the troops. Are we right? Yeah. <laughs> give it up for the troops. The, the troops, a.k.a. podcasters. Exactly.
1: Uh, I I wish Mike Pence had not closed so many Planned Parenthoods, because, you know, that's like one of the only places you can take your Soros check and get it cashed right there. I
2: can get it right in my uh, currency of choice, which is baby parts. <laughs> And I could go and I sell them to the Pepsi factory. <laughs> and it works out perfectly. Okay. Then, Let, and I, then they pay me a Diet Pepsi and I pour the Diet Pepsi into the lake and it turns the frogs gay.
1: <laughs> but but anyway, Grafton, he gets on this, uh, this swan that is like, uh, it's built to go up and down in the theater. <laughs> and it's the thing that... Uh, uh, I believe, uh, I believe her name is Marquise de Galafe. I de Sade. Names are not a thing that
2: really uh, they they don't come up a lot in this movie. movie. And there's one dude whose name keeps getting uh, who keeps being brought up, but I don't even remember it. And visually, that works because everyone
1: has a very striking likeness. Mm -hmm. But when you're trying to describe it on an audio podcast, it does not hit quite as hard. Yeah. But anyway, he, uh, he goes up...
2: If you're a professional, but if you're us, no dice.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he goes up, he accidentally goes up on the swan while, uh, the prince is trying to woo this actress. And he talks to the spirit of the theater. And, uh, they have an interesting conversation (laughs) about, like, uh... Oh uh, theater and truth and anyway, the the gist of this section is that O'Brien and uh the the Battle of Mexico, they start going to uh uh meetings held by this
2: guy Marquis de Galafe. No wait, General Galafe. There might be some points in there where you expected me to say something, but I'm going back to watching the super hot fire video. <sighs> <Just laughs> there, so there are probably know.
1: pauses where I'm trying to okay remember things that happened because like this movie isn't really about it isn't really about like a uh a singular plot it's about mm-hmm. it's about sort of these historical things and like vignettes in context of these historical events so mm-hmm. uh basically the gist of the first act is that france has an emperor and uh general galafay and uh the other communists they're not fans, mm-hmm. and there's this uh, interesting little conflict between Galafe and uh, O'Brien because O'Brien he is really for Irish independence, and Galafe has like a more globalist view of the of things. <laughs> he is he's, he's a
2: Trotskyist.
1: Yeah, he's trying to get it you know international, and nationalism is sort of against that, but it, it's still something that's important to people like O'Brien, and that's sort of a a conflict between them. And then the Franco-Prussian War happens, which is when uh, James Franco made a movie in which he blows
2: up the King of Prussia. (laughs) And Prussia then hacked Sony. Mm -hmm. Because while the internet had not been invented yet, as we previously said, the computer got invented in uh, 1531. (laughs) And hacking was invented by Shakespeare. Uh, Stonehenge
1: was actually a botnet. Stonehenge was the first shitpost. <laughs> Stonehenge was actually the ancient equivalent of uh, posting that picture where it's Robin Williams wearing bape. What? Uh, you're not familiar with the uh, picture of Robin Williams wearing a, uh, a bathing ape key, uh, uh, button-up shirt? and sort of leaning to the side?
2: No, not familiar with that at all.
1: Okay then. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, the consequence of France getting their asses kicked in the Franco-Prussian War is that the theater, it 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 gets hit hard cuz uh um Rambord was banking hard on France winning so he could put on like super patriotic plays and, you know, that didn't that didn't work out and uh Paris gets sieged they they get uh they they get starved no food's coming in things are not a fun time and so what eventually happens is people get fed up and they make a paris commune and then the french national guard breaks that up uh basically everyone but o'brien and galefe die galefe also dies Grafton and O'Brien escape, and O'Brien goes to London and works in a picture-turning gallery. I don't know what that place is called—some French word about spinning. <laughs> but yeah, that—that's the end of the movie. Oh, and at the end of the movie, O'Brien shoots Grafton after Grafton brags about something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's much better than like this. A, a base plot description really gives it credit for. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a very very, uh, artistically presented movie. There's a lot in the presentation. Alright, so uh, let's move on
1: after that substandard summary. I I don't think I should do summaries anymore. I'm bad at them. Yeah,
2: that's fair. I mean, by that logic, we probably shouldn't just do the show. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's
1: move on to our spalling moments and spall wonders. Would you like to go first?
2: Well... Uh, I, I want to start off on a, on a uh, with my a spalling moment because um, if I don't say it soon, I'll probably forget it. Because there was really not a lot that was bad in the movie, uh, so this is kind of an incredible reach. But my spalling moment is there's times in the movie where they uh, they'll be talking to each other in like different languages. Like, one person will say something in French, and another person will respond in English, and that just seems rude to me.
1: I actually really liked that, because I've been uh, learning French in Duolingo for essentially the, the past three years, ever since I became an English major, and my advisor was like, oh... You did French in high school. You, you can test out of some French credits. Uh, a good way to practice is to do Duolingo. And then I just kept doing Duolingo and uh, just kept chickening out of actually testing out of the French credits because <laughs> I am an inveterate coward. So it's good that you're taking French. But yeah, uh, like there are a lot of bits in this movie where I was, like, uh, I was listening and I was like, wait, did I just... Oh my god, I just understood what they were saying in French. Oh! Nice. And like, i that's not... That's barely an experience I've had in English. <laughs> like, I've never had that moment where it's like, Oh, shit, I, I understand that. Because when that was happening in English, I was a child. Yeah. And now I'm a, significant, a significantly older child. <laughs> now I've grown into a tall child, as the song goes. <laughs> Once I was seven years old, I. Something, something,
2: Shut something. <laughs> up. Lucas no. Graham! You're oh, fu- not allowed to talk about that song. I, I, that song you know what I fucking worst hate worst about hate that
1: song? Everything? Uh, the, yes, but, it, but especially the part where he's talking about, you know, once he was 20 years old or something, and there's like a, a live sound of like Lucas Graham and a crowd cheering. And that when they do the live version, like on Good Morning America, they
2: leave that party in instead of letting the crowd, like, be excited on their own? Hang on, you, you need to back up a second. You Did you watch him perform live on Good Morning America? Uh, no. Why I, the hell? I, I saw a YouTube
1: review of the song that brought in a clip from Good Morning America to point out that they used that bit from the song in their live performances. I would I didn't not listen to I- the song
2: until I also watched a YouTube uh, review of it. <laughs> but the rest of the song, I just cannot stand. It's uh, way—it takes itself way too seriously. Yeah. it's definitely not as deep as it thinks it is. Yeah,
1: i, I hate the guy's voice mm-hmm. because, like, it's a Danish guy trying to do an American voice, an, an American person voice, and, mm-hmm. and so it's just so put on. Once I was seven years old. Well, it's, it's not quite worst that part, Billy crystal The worst
2: part is at the end when he says, I believe the line is like, soon I'll be 60 years old, <laughs> will I think the world is cold? But instead of will I, he goes, will I think the world? I hate it. I hate it so much.
1: Now, soon I'll be 60 years old and uh, President <laughs> Bush <laughs> will I think the world is cold <laughs> when I'm playing my clarinet and watching the Mockingboys.
2: Well I, I reckon once upon a time I was but 7 years old. Nowadays I'm just no country lawyer. Now I
3: now I, I, may, now could, I
2: must now I
1: might just be a simple Danish pop star. Now now
2: now now now, now, now I must just say I say I say I say I, I once was 7 years old now I'm the minority <laughs> whip. <wit. laughs> I'm from South Carolina. <laughs> they talk like this down here. Disregard the fact that this is not how any other person has ever spoken in history, but I am from South Carolina. Now, sometimes you are the barbecue, and sometimes
1: <laughs> you are the crock pot, <laughs> and sometimes you're a chicken, and you get in the henhouse, and you just ranch up a whole mess of eggs. <laughs> I, that,
2: I, I think that got away from me just as soon as I said the word chicken. Now, now here's a little recipe that they taught me down south. First, you take a swimming pool full of liquor <laughs> and then dive in.
0: Uh,
1: I'm already eating from the trash can all the time, <laughs> and the name of this trash can is Ideology.
2: I like how that goes from uh, Frank Cards to Foghorn Leghorn and back, like, constantly. <laughs> well, they're basically the same. <laughs> no, no, you see, Frank Cards is definitely slower, and there's more of, like, a pronounced drawl. Whereas, like, you know, the Foghorn Leghorn is this, you know, this quick-stuttering uh, quick-talker. <laughs> you see now this is Frank Do you think how
1: love can bloom, even in the Senate? a weapon to surpass metal gear (laughs) tactical espionage action let's let's move on and talk about the film yes yes we
2: do enough silly accents
1: (laughs) my uh a spalling moment was uh there's a bit of a subplot where o'brien is kind of interested in uh maria who is this who is maria i believe is the singer? I, I'm not good with names. Irina this, this, Abramovic. <laughs> this movie is not great with uh, telling you people's
2: names. and like. Except for uh, Seville. Wait, that's not her name. Sev, Sev, they say her name a lot, but it's French, so it didn't stick in my Severine. mind. Severine. That's right. Nailed it. But good anyway,
1: job. she her. is kind of hanging around with Lord Grafton, O'Brien. He, he kind of doesn't like it. They sort of confront each other, and Grafton is like, This is none of your business. And O'Brien is like, oh, I'm making it my business. And I just found that to be a lame and cliched line. Not a fan.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I, you- I don't want to admit this, uh, but I was watching Super Hot again. I did not catch what your uh, <laughs> small moment was uh- at all. <laughs> We're going to move on to my small wonder, though. Uh, <laughs> My small wonder was there's a scene at the end of of the film. Uh, it's when the guard is taking the Paris Commune, and all of the um the, the 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 remaining members of the Commune who have not been killed yet or have not fled all uh, line up in front of the firing squad, and you know they start singing the Internationale, and halfway through they uh you know they get fired upon, and all but three. Or killed. If you've ever seen the film version of The Crucible, it ends with him, uh, rec- they're all reciting the Lord's Prayer as one by one <clears throat> they get hanged and uh, it's like that except that scene was very poorly done <laughs> and this scene is very
1: well done. Uh, speaking of the internationale, they, they sing it a lot in this film and uh, mm-hmm. a, a small, small wonder is the fact that from this movie I learned that the Internationale has its own melody because I'd only like read the words mm-hmm. and I, I had just sort of been uh, doing it to the uh, the Internationale unites the human race <laughs> and to the Blazing Saddles theme song
0: <laughs>
1: I, I think that might actually work I, I'm gonna have to uh, test that on my own Oh, comrades, come rally, and the last fight let us face. (laughs) Emily Dickinson, writer of the Internationale. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, my... Ah, I I had a hard time picking a Spall Wonder. Not for the reason I had a hard time picking in a Spalling Moment which is that you know there weren't a lot of them there were just so many small moments that i really loved and oh, absolutely uh, i i'm going to pick out so during the uh, the siege of paris there's this bit where lord grafton invites o'brien and maria up to this fancy room and he's got roast swan for them that you know he he's been mm-hmm. able to get even though there's a siege and and there's this very sort of weird conversation where O'Brien and Maria are talking about, you know, how things are shitty for people. And Grafton is like, I don't care. But none of them are looking at each other. And it's uh, done in this sort of uh, kind of like, a, you know, one of those Wes Anderson shots where, where he'll like go down like a train car and it's like this lateral panning shot going through all the rooms of the, the train or something or mm-hmm. like uh in shock treatment there's this one uh uh there's this one musical number that's like uh, a, a tracking pan across a bunch of windows where people are singing and it'll get to the end of the row and then just go back it's like that except it's just or, going uh, across these three faces as they keep talking and it's 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 inc- it's something you'd see in like a David Lynch movie and i loved it
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah the, the directing in this movie is very good uh, Evan McMullen, who wasn't a very good presidential candidate, <laughs> turns out he was actually a great director.
1: Uh, I mean, when your entire strategy is to uh, win over the people of Utah on a bathroom warrior platform, <laughs> y- you're not bound for great things. If that was going to work in any state, Utah makes sense. Though. Yeah. So, I think that's it for Spalling moments and Spall wonders. Let's get into yes, the discussion geez, evan mcMullen <laughs> i i i'm I'm gonna correct you it's It's Ken McMullen Evan McMullen. we do not respect you. this is we we are not giving you props of any kind, even in jest.
2: Director Nick Mullen, who created <laughs> this movie uh
1: Timothy Spall go on come town
2: mm-hmm. I was gonna talk about Town, but never mind. Let's move on.
1: Right. What would What would you like to talk about?
2: Uh, the movie. I oh, don't know. Timothy <laughs> Spall.
1: Sure. Let's talk about Timothy Spall as a character.
2: He was He was great.
1: Yeah, he had
2: some fantastic lines. Yeah, he's he does a great job playing the sort of like not exactly a good person but like very charming and fun to have on screen yeah he he he's he's a real card yeah the 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 classic uh uh um you know english low life uh 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 who runs some sort of, in the in the um discworld books the character of uh, cut me on throat dibbler oh yeah like, that's <laughs> this guy yeah and, uh, he has, this he time has... he's
1: not playing it as a mouse, but it's still very as good as a
2: regular human being. Uh, there's, there's two great lines. One where he's at the, at the opening of, you know, his latest show at his theater and somebody says something about it and he yells at him and he says, Hey, how dare you call my brothel a theater? And then, you know, everybody laughs. <laughs> and then later on, uh, you know, some people, uh, uh, two other characters, I forget who, are discussing this uh, character. You know, talking about the whores uh, who are, you know, that's what they call them, who are, you know, in the play. And Spall just appears out of nowhere, just pops <laughs> in the background, starts yelling at him and says, "Hey, don't you ever call my my theater a brothel? <laughs> you know, nobody gets to disparage my empire but me." <laughs>
1: This is great yeah uh, there's also this fantastic line at the end uh, right near that scene where all the uh, the singers are getting murked uh, he, he's <laughs> he's, he, he's just slowly realizing that this whole thing is coming down around him and he's just sort of he, he's sort of keeping his composure but begging at the same time and he's just
2: like that just stupid fucking actors they don't know anything. You just get all confused playing dress up.
1: Yeah, and it's it's this weird mix of him being genuinely afraid for their their welfare and still wanting to rag at them at the, on them at the same time. That mm-hmm. it, it, I just I just love that. It was
2: good. He was he seems like a swell guy. I Want to meet Timothy Spall? Yeah. Hey Tim, if you're listening, come on the show. <laughs> we want to meet you.
1: I if, that would that would be like the big get. Like, it, yeah. if we could get Timothy's Spall, we, we would basically just end the show there because we yeah. would have reached our peak. That, that would I be hope, the
2: end of this project. Hopefully we'll get some serious uh, microphones before that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. And we wouldn't have long pauses like that. Yes,
1: yes, as we try to figure out what we want to talk about next. Actually, you know, it's been a while. I think we can go to break. That sounds like a plan. We'll be back in 2 and 2.
3: Every day I have a question. Life consistently stepping. My shit is getting crazy. Niggas asking for a blessing. Keep a real, dog. Shit. I'm really stressed. feel like suicide is the only thing I miss. Suffer to my vision. I'm a soldier on a mission. Post-traumatic stress got me feeling like I'm tripping. Stay at ease, people dying all around. The money that you get put them walls all around. Every day a blank day, stop thinking good. Evil thoughts in my head got me on the back step. Doing so bad I couldn't sleep on the mattress slept on my floor, cause my stomach wouldn't have it, your body don't lie, my eyes couldn't cry, your heart don't lie, it's a conflict inside, gotta free my mind, don't worry about the time, it's structures for your mind, you just gotta grind, you alive, it's real shit. Sometimes I go to sleep with my AK, if I blast it, it's gonna be a good day. Yes. sometimes i go to sleep with my ak if i blast it it's gonna be a good day i still got the guns i still got the bullets but it's not worth a guarantee i Don't mean do why would it? you go to a and instead an you could be watching spa <laughs>
2: that's all i have to say
1: oh that should be assured as well absolutely but I have to actually say it on the show first They say I never see you at the shopping mall the I say <laughs> I never see you watching fall
3: <laughs> And be happy that they died Probably have peace in the sunshine This life is a jungle I'm trying to stay humble We all locked in the cage Get money or you struggle The American way Don't nobody love you, chill You love yourself, words a dad and a husband I can't have kids cause I wouldn't say I love them. My shit's so real, you can have money, they comin'. Damn, America got me easy. DJ who was still out killing people, little boss. <laughs> Sometimes I leave a locker room stressed out, feel like taking pills just to come down. Coach said if I keep slipping, he gon' bench me. I'm thinking to myself, how you gon' stop history? Even if I'm the sixth man, put the best against me. I'll be at the court every day, don't miss me. After we win, I get the Tennessee and scramble eggs. Keep it real with myself before I ever give up. Looking forward to meet the president. Yeah, bitch, I'm heaven sent. Represent. All I need is the NBA to lay me in. All I do is hoop life, because you gotta win. Sometimes I go out because I gotta live. My teammates really show me who my partners is. The hoop game show me what my options is. Lil B told me to remain positive. So I kept living. Little beach. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, I I it, be a Sometimes I go to sleep with my AK. If I blast it, it's gonna be a good day. Sometimes I go to sleep with my AK. If I blast it, it's gonna be a good day. Keep your head up. I lay you. Slow beat.
1: Life. Hello and welcome back to Spall Talk, the only podcast where two siblings talk about things that are not the life and career of Timothy Spall, even though they're supposed to be discussing the life <laughs> and career of Timothy Spall. Uh, the reason the discussion portion that we had before this break was so halting and, uh, for, lack of, uh, for lack of a better word, shitty, was that Eric kept chiming in with uh, a, a desperate, desperate plea to talk about Les Miserables. And I was not having that nerd shit, but you know what? You know what, Eric? Let's talk about Les Miserables.
2: Listen, so this movie, 1871, is about uh, – uh, it's essentially a love story that's set within the broader context of uh, of revolutionary France. How did you honestly expect me to not talk at length about Les Miserables?
1: Very carefully.
2: Like, uh, like, listen, all I could think about during the whole movie was like, wow, this is some Les miserables stuff right here. Like, I have I have one of my copies of Les Miserables open right now. <laughs> like, uh, one of my many. I have four. Okay, so I have four here. I have one back in Indiana. I also have Cozy Classics Presents Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, which was able to... Uh, to abridged the 1,300-some pages into 12 words.
0: <laughs>
2: and I have the manga version uh, that I got as a gift. Nice. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm I'm opening this right now because I'm trying to find, you know, my favorite part of the book. Because essentially what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to convince you that uh, is Rob is very good and you should let me talk about it. So this is this – is, if I can find it soon enough. Yeah, this is from The Convent as an Abstract Idea, uh, which is uh, book seven of part uh, whatever because there's – it's a long book. Because uh, he's talking about um, – it's, 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 it's a subchapter of that book that I believe is called uh, On What Circumstances We Can Respect the Past – and you, okay so first of all when do you think the punk movement started? Uh 1974. Well you are wrong because um you know I've got I've got some proto punk for you straight from Victor Hugo straight from the year 1860 something when this was written.
1: Uh I, I will cut out the part that you asked me to cut out but I will not cut out the part where you asked me to cut it out. I, I i find th- that's that's the technique i use i i just cut it out and then but but leaving the part like yeah we should cut that out
2: okay okay here we go here it is as for ourselves we distribute our respect here and there to sp- and spare the past entirely provided it contents to be dead but if it insists on being alive we attack it and try to kill it Oh, that's some, that's some destroy the super past hot like the super, super hot fire
0: Victor Hugo spits that
2: Victor Hugo spits that Welcome back to Spall Talk Damn uh, where son one, where'd you find this Where one sibling talks about the life and career Of uh, Timothy Spall And the other one talks about Victor Hugo's Masterpiece Les Miserables <laughs> uh, Which is gonna be is A little bit of a spoiler That's absolutely my recommendation 1860's Mafia 1863 the number another summer
1: 1871 Paris area. City
2: <laughs> if young Hugo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if spa, don't... No. <laughs> if don't trust you I'm gonna shoot ya
1: beautiful morning
2: yeah if some spawn
1: if Jacobus don't trust you I'm gonna shoot ya I seriously toyed with the idea of like just recording a uh, mixtape drop little <laughs> sound clip and putting that at the beginning of every episode from now on. Like, you are now listening to a Jacoby Siblings mixtape.
2: Nice, nice. DJ drama. But, anyways, there's
1: there this... was a, uh, a scene with uh, the two on, women scrubbing through. I'm going to
2: talk about, about mixtapes because there's. <laughs> There's this guy at work who sometimes uh, is able to get onto the speaker with his phone and play music, and it is the fucking worst because he (laughs) keeps playing, he keeps playing rap mixtapes songs, but he doesn't even play the whole song. Like he'll play like 45 seconds, and then he'll decide he wants to listen to a different song. So, literally half of what I hear at work is like mixtape announcements. It is. The worst. DJ Khaled! Uh,
1: do you have any favorite Rat mixtape can, covers? Can because there are a lot of great I ones out there. Oh, what's my favorite rap, uh, Anything by Viper. Uh, Little B is a favorite of mine. Uh, you cowards don't even smoke crack. You, you may it's... have seen the uh, cover art to the last episode. That is, that is a tribute to Little B's Flame series of mixtapes. <laughs> I was wondering
2: why Little B was on there. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was called Spall Flame. (laughs) But like, uh, they're all sort of like references to other rap album covers, like uh, the most famous one, White Flame, that's a reference to a a Soldier Slim album who was like a second tier No Limit guy. And like he he sold uh, Lil B is just referencing the cover to Sold Slims, give it to him raw. And like he is perfectly replicating the incoherent look of uh, pen <laughs> and pixel album covers, which nice. are probably the the best form of art the, the best form of art in the 1990s. Oh, absolutely.
2: If you also want a, a, a faithful tweak and uh, representation of a, of a, of a pre existing uh, cover, then you can go to uh, the facebook.com slash Funkhouse Berlin uh, or something like that. I don't remember what it is. And see the um, the flyers for our 10 hour show, which I, I saw that based, yeah based on a record that I found in a Goodwill,
1: <laughs>
2: oh. which was uh, Radio Vienna. So I was like, this is close enough it's uh, all europe <laughs>
1: uh another really good uh, mixtape cover is um Lilby's b's pink flame mixtape which uh so it's a, a a a naked woman looking in the mirror except basically uh, from her breasts down uh, is Lil b's face like his face is her entire body
2: <laughs> yeah i'm seeing i'm looking at this now
0: uh, wow, it's,
1: a... it's
2: really something huh so pretty, I, I would say. You know, her, uh, her from like uh, maybe a little bit under the collarbones up, like like armpit level up, is just sprouting out of Little bee's forehead.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, it's pretty
1: great. Oh, uh, just just look up
2: Little Bee mixtapes. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at White Flame and Black Flame right now, and it's oh, Black Flame is a wild great. one. Like, yeah. I uh, I'm going to try to uh
1: describe this. So there are golden houses forming a perimeter around the top of it. There's a picture of a little bee right in the middle. Uh there's a bee
2: next to him, mm-hmm. like a a, a a bee that looks like you would see it on the front of like a you know, a car dealership or something. <laughs> like this bee looks like, you know, the the the, the mascot to like uh, to to like uh, a a motorcycle dealership. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, there's the parental advisory sticker, and then there are some like there are quotes, as in like they're actually in quotes. There's also a cross covered in diamonds. There's diamonds falling around little B. He seems to be in a church as well. But the quotes are check this check this out with two O's. I love bitch Bob fifty one fifty bitch fuck with me. Uh, Lord protect me, and shouts out to the Bay Area West Side for life. Uh, It also
2: says uh, Little B, Black Flame in what appears to be Time's New Roman.
1: (laughs) Uh, There's also the fantastic cover for Trapped in Based World, which is a big, blingy Little B name. Uh, A a Jason mask in gold, which is a a common theme in his album covers. Like, it shows up a lot of the time. Uh, Just H2O for... I'm not really sure why, and the the name trapped in based world with like diamonds around it and uh ha- have I told you what of the the best uh posts I saw in the suicide- squad thread in a cinema discusso? I don't believe he did uh the the poster super mecha Godzilla who I believe I've told you about
2: mm-hmm.
1: he had this sort of theory that uh not necessarily a theory but just a thing he'd say. Which is that Suicide Squad is an adaptation of the Lil B album Trapped in Bass World, <laughs> and, uh, and one of the quotes he used uh, for it was a song I played on uh, last uh, on the last show, uh, connected in jail, and the intro for that he quoted, you know, uh, oh Lil B, what are you in jail for? You know, uh, tiny pants, pink bandanas, you know, normal shit, and like. <laughs> He was using that as, like, part of a, an argument about Suicide Squad being about Trapped in Based World, and I, I just, I, I'm not, I, I don't, I, sometimes I do not agree with uh, his ideas about things, but
2: he's always very interesting. I have to say, I don't think that Suicide Squad was honestly based on, uh, on that Little B album cover or uh, Lil B album because I really don't think that you can make the case for um, for uh, Suicide Squad as one cohesive product <laughs> uh. as, as, as the end result of one vision is something that you really can't sell me on <laughs> uh, there's also uh, Lil B based jam which is his
1: <laughs> face photoshopped onto Michael Jordan <laughs> I love these. I'm just looking at these. they uh, and I, green flame. And like, there's like a little B flowchart, which I will try to put in the show notes. And uh, it 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 seems like a pretty good uh, way to get into his music. Like, uh, it starts out with some albums, and uh, it, it's like here's where you can go if you like these or these or these. And uh, there are some like uh, uh, must listen recommendations. Some some pretty good stuff.
2: Okay. Uh, a, very, check this out. a
1: very very uh, intricate intri- intri- intricate, <laughs> uh, introduction to him. Al- also, I don't think it's on, it's not even on this chart, but uh, the Hoop Life mixtape, which is themed around basketball, is a really good nice. one. They do enjoy basketball. Oh, I, ju- I just found a really good one. Uh, little B, Crime Fetish. And, uh, it's, you know, his name blinged out. And, uh, there's a prison wall behind him. There's also a Jason mask in gold behind him. Uh, he is looking at the camera. There are bars between him and, uh, the, the text and the viewer. And scrawled on the wall behind him is, uh, I'm gonna tell you
2: why I'm thugged out. (laughs) Nice. So if people, uh, liked the the film 1871 what would you recommend uh
1: i would recommend we wait until we get to the small ratings which were i would
2: recommend we break the rules like neil Gaiman told us to and make good art fair enough i mean okay let's do the recommendations first and then
1: the small ratings uh my first so my first recommendation is is a pro-rec. I've got a pro-rec and an anti-rec. A pro-rec is something I recommend you watch. An anti-rec is something you avoid. My pro-rec is uh, Southland Tales. So, if you're familiar with the film uh, Donnie Darko, are you familiar with that film? Yes, somewhat. So, the guy that directed it, so, for his sophomore effort, he decided, I'm gonna make a political satire sci-fi epic. Starring Justin Timberlake, Sean William Scott, The Rock, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Could have just said The
2: Rock and I'd be sold.
1: That in order to really understand its setting, you'll need to read uh, the comic books that go with it.
2: Oh, awesome.
1: And so it's set in either 2006 or 2008. And uh, it's basically the excesses of the Bush years taken to massive extremes there are like there's like this drug where you like put blood into your eye or something and like justin timberlake buys it at an arcade and then does a musical number to a killer song nice uh and uh sean william scott is playing both uh sean william scott the cop And Sean William Scott's twin brother, who is a uh, leftist revolutionary, who has kidnapped and subdued his brother so he can pretend to be the cop brother and take The Rock, who is a uh, Hollywood big shot researching his next movie, which is going to be about a magic baby that never poops. Oh, wow. So he's going to take The Rock on this ride-along, and they are going to stage a police shooting... (laughs) The Rock is going to be taping things, so they're going to get a police shooting on tape and, like, you know, false flag it to raise awareness of police shootings. But what they didn't expect is that John Lovitz was going to come along And uh, John Lovitz plays a racist cop who ends up actually shooting the people they were going to pretend shoot. One of which is Amy Poehler, by the way. I think the other one might be Orlando Jones from Mad TV. But, uh, like, John Lovitz shoots the both of them who are pretending to be newlyweds and have an argument. So, like, they get shot. They're, you know, lying on the ground. And then their squibs
0: go off. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then the rock is so so shook by this that he runs away in slow motion while wave of mutilation plays
2: oh my god
1: and i gotta uh, watch this movie i i will i will bring you my copy i I'm
2: thinking i will like, bring you
1: one of my copies because i have the other one lent out to a
2: friend i'm thinking like like the worst that, that movie could possibly be it would still probably be the second best the rock movie i've ever seen. <laughs>
1: And uh, Justin Timberlake is, not only is he a a drug addict, but he's also a a super sniper. Oh
2: wait, third best rock movie I've ever seen. Uh, What would your rankings be? Uh, Of the movies I've seen featuring The Rock, uh, it would go number one, I say number one, Moana. Number two, Furious 7. Um, Number three uh, would probably be San Andreas. Number four is The Game Plan. And that's all the ones I've seen. Hmm. There's a sharp fall off in quality after number two. Uh, And yes, yes, Furious 7 is the only Fast and Furious movie I've ever seen. And yes, I did see it in theaters. And no, I regret nothing. (laughs) I I saw it in theaters too. It It was so great. He drives out of the giant building into another building. And then he drives... Out of that building into another (laughs) building. It's incredible. The best scene in that entire movie. Vin Diesel is there and he's like, okay, I'm going to want you to take some of that armor off of that car and put it on that car. (laughs) And then I think Ludacris is like, it's just going to slow you down. And Vin Diesel goes, this time it's not all about being fast. (laughs) I edge my elbow, my friend in the shoulder. I'm like, it's also about being furious. Okay,
1: so my rock <laughs> rankings. Uh, number one, Fast Five. Uh, number two, Southland Tales. Number three, Pain and Gain. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Pain and Gain. And number four, Furious 7. I, I would put Furious 7 above Pain and Gain. And five, Fast and Furious 6. That's pretty solid. And now I'm just looking through... Uh, uh, the rocks movies to to see if there's like one i'm forgetting but uh i i had forgotten that he was in uh get smart which is definitely under under number five on that list and so is the other guys oh yeah i did see the other
2: guys i don't remember it and I... I,
1: the only thing i remember is there's a running gag where michael keaton keeps uh unintentionally referencing TLC lyrics and it's nowhere near as funny as the movie seems to think it is
2: hang on there's the other guys and then the other movie that was very similar that came out at the same time one of them was a kevin smith movie uh cop out cop out oh kevin smith is in southland tales cop out is the one with bruce willis and And tracy morgan yeah, and Tracy Morgan keeps making references from Bruce Willis movies that Bruce Willis doesn't get.
1: Oh God! Which is I don't know. I thought it was a good gag when I saw it. But but yeah, uh, Kevin Smith is in Southland Tales, but like only for a little bit. Like there are a lot of like weird little cameos, like uh, Janine Garofalo. Uh, I forget the name of like the 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 Marxist uh, guerrillas that Sean Williams got his allied with, but she's one of them. And uh, Christopher Lambert, the Highlander, he plays a uh, arms dealer that works out of the back of an ice cream truck.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: And Wallace Shawn. Oh my god. I love god. Wallace Shawn. Oh my god, Wallace Shawn is fucking fantastic in this movie. So he plays a music video director, a commercial director, and uh, his his big scene is he is premiering this his new commercial, and in this commercial... There are these two SUVs, one is in a driveway, and the other one drives up, sees the other SUV, drives towards it, rears up on its hydraulics, its hydraulics extend like arms, it mounts the other SUV, a a tube comes out of the SUV's crotch, and goes into, like, the exhaust of the other SUV, and they start, the SUVs fuck, and... (laughs) <laughs> it's it's wild as hell and relates to very little about the movie. That sounds
2: pretty great. What's there, your other recommendations?
1: I, I I'm not done talking about Southland. Tales. Oh my God. There's also uh uh Sarah Michelle Geller plays this uh uh this pop star whose big song is Teen Horniness Is Not a Crime. And the the one of the fine the, the line that caps off the chorus of that song is Observe the Nurse The Shot of Columbine. And Ooh. it's it's amazing. <laughs> also, a big dramatic line for the rock in this movie is I'm a pimp, and pimps don't commit suicide. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> It sounds like the <laughs> dumbest shit ever, and it partially is the dumbest shit ever, but it's the dumbest shit ever in a way that I love. Like, I, I love 1871 almost as much as I love this movie, and there are members of my family that I do not love as much as Southland Tales. Like, not not my mom and dad, or, like, like I, I'm not talking about my mom and dad, or, like, my aunt and uncle, the aunt and uncle we meet a lot of the aunt and uncle we don't meet a lot or my you know my grandparents or the cool cousin i'm talking about like people that i haven't met since i thought it was cool and made me look like a smart person to read jonah goldberg books in class (laughs) like those are the people i'm talking about when i say there are members of my family that i do not love as much as southland tales but uh
2: eric your recommendation uh, I'm gonna recommend first of all. Oh, you only did one of your. Uh, yeah, I thought we were gonna alternate. Oh, that's fair. My primary recommendation is Victor Hugo's wonderful novel Les Misérables. Making a special offer. Call now uh, for you know only for small Talk listeners. Uh, email me. Um, jacoby.eric at email, uh, gmail.com uh, You can email me at email.com. You can uh, email us at talkingabouttimothyspaul@gmail.com. at gmail.com just Get in contact with us, use the promo code PLEASE, and ask me to send you a copy of Les Miserables. Hey, uh, Mark is- Marin here. Uh,
1: do you hate not
2: having a copy
1: of Les Miserables? Well, uh, you hate call me- lesmiserables.com you hate going
2: to the fucking Les Miserables office. <laughs> you gotta stand in line. No, but uh, for the first... yeah, hate uh, waiting for fucking bread in the 1800s. <laughs> you gotta smash a window. The first two people to contact us, uh, I will send you one of my copies of Les Miserables. I, I'm pretty sure he's not joking about that. I absolutely... I'm 100% serious. Email us. Use the offer code PLEASE. Uh, And I'll just send us your address. I'll mail you a copy of Les Miserables.
1: So this is technically not the same recommendation as last time because you're recommending the whole book and not just
2: two chapters. Exactly. Exactly. Those are good chapters, though.
1: All right. So my anti-recommendation is a movie from either last year or the year before it's a uh, it's a movie directed by Ben Wheatley, who you might know from Sightseers. His new movie, Free Fire. He did a field in England, and this film starring Tom Hiddleston called High Rise. It's uh, based on a J.G. Ballard book, and I was very excited for it. But I recently watched it and ended up I was I was not I, I was not a fan. I was very disappointed in this film. Like there's there's a, there's a very interesting concept. With this uh, apartment building standing as like a microcosm for uh, the delineation of class structures, but and like they they do that, but like in the most hamfisted way. Like there's a part where like mm-hmm. you 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 lower people aren't paying your fair share, so there are gonna have to be cuts. And you mm-hmm. know, but it 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 shortchanges that concept in order to just sort of indulge in a whole lot of sex, violence, and particularly sexual violence. That's, like, a thing mm. that happens a lot mm-hmm. in this movie. No good. Uh, I compared it on Letterbox to sort of condensing an entire series of Game of Thrones or The Walking Fucking Dead, that piece of shit. Like, condensing that, in a, in an entire series of that, down into a single concentrated dab and just hitting that while an mm. asshole friend rambles on about a 2000-day you half-read. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not very good. It seems to think that we want to see Tom Hiddleston fuck, even though he has the face of a guy who writes about race science in The Economist.
2: Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty bad.
1: It, it's very disappointing. It's very well shot, though. There are, there are, there's like a fantastic sequence where a guy gets stabbed to death, and it's it's seen through a
2: kaleidoscope. It's wild as hell. Okay. Uh, I so I was uh, reading text because I'm a millennial, so I got kind of. Oh, so of... you weren't
1: watching another super hot fire video?
2: No, no. Uh, I will later though. <laughs> uh, so my other recommendation. This one's actually a film, and this one I won't mail to you because I don't have any copies of it. But uh, the film The Fall, I believe it came out in 2007, starring Lee Pace, uh, directed uh, – I don't remember the name of the director. Tarsem Singh. Tarsem Singh.
1: Who also Uh, directed uh, the the one that wasn't Snow White and the Huntsman, as well as Immortals, and the Vince
2: Vaughn J-Lo movie The Cell. mm, I'm not familiar with any of those movies
1: they but, were not uh,
2: they were not big hits you should definitely check out
1: oh mirror 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 was the uh, snow white movie that wasn't snow you white and the huntsman you should definitely
2: check out the film the fall it's extremely good it's beautifully shot uh it's just a heartbreaking story um but it, i'm re- recommending it because also like uh, like 1817 it plays around 1871 a lot with like, same thing it <laughs> plays around a lot with like uh like uh framing and stuff like that 1817 is uh i was gonna say the Marx was born, but that's not correct it was
0: 1818 oh uh speaking of framing
1: and marks there's one really great shot from this film that i would like to talk about
2: uh Hit it.
1: it's the one at the barricades when uh, the commune is being stormed uh, Marx is standing and, you know, it's talking about, you know, the fall of the Paris Commune. And then one of the women from earlier, uh, she stands up and starts talking to the camera about, you know, how, you know, the, the, they, will, they will endure even though this commune may fall. You know, the struggle will still continue. And then she gets shot. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, didn't you want to talk about that scene where the two women scrub the street and sing uh, the
2: Internationale yes. in regards yes. to Les Miserables? Yes, there's a there's a scene where two women are are scrubbing the streets. I believe this was after a, a, a particular uh, uh, sh- massacre, as part of the war. Uh, and they're singing "International," which is for those of you who have seen the film or any stage productions of Les Misérables, that's what's happening during the song "Turning." Uh, they're they're scrubbing the streets uh, to remove the the blood. So that was one of the many many things in the movie where I was like, hmm, you know what this is like? Les is a rob. That's all I had to say about it. All right then. So, I believe that's the
1: end of our I You know what? I'm just going to I'm just I'm just going to touch on it. You should watch the film F for Fake directed by Orson Welles. It's like his last feature film as director. It is it is fantastic. I wrote like a twenty five page paper on it for class last semester, and oh my god, it's it's my favorite film, basically my favorite film. That just take that as a
2: side recommendation for every one of these episodes. Watch F for Fake. I'll check that out. So yeah, I think that's all the uh, all the recommendations I have. How do you rate this movie out of five? I would rate it a five out of five. I,
1: I think I would put it above Enchanted, but I'm not—even no, uh, above
2: Chicken Run. Mm-hmm. That's pretty solid. It
0: is I'd It also, is very
2: good. I'd also give it a 5 out of 5. What about Timothy Spall's performance? Um, I would
1: have to say a 4.5 out of 5. He was very good where he was, but I feel
2: like he could have been used more. That's fair. That's fair. I'd give it a 4 out of 5. I think he did a good job. And what about Spall fashion? Honestly, three out of five. That's what I was thinking. Three, two or three. He's not that well dressed. Yeah. Awesome. I mean,
1: he's not He's not on stage. He's a backstage person. He doesn't have to dress that well.
2: Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair.
1: All right. Is there anything else I want to say? Um, uh, watch this movie. We have not done it justice
2: at all. It's... Yeah, absolutely. We did a bad job, but uh, it's a good movie. Trust us. Check it out.
1: Yeah, I mean... We could have talked about it substantively, but, like, that would take away from the time we could use to go on a tangent about Lil B album covers. And, you know, yeah. th- that's what people listen for, the tangents.
2: Yeah, exactly. So- I, I hope that's what people listen for. I don't know what people listen for. Uh, so <laughs> I don't just, know if people you know, listen. Know. Yeah, I know at least one person listens. Maybe yeah. two.
1: Yeah. And you can find me at f u c k i n a l p a m a r e. And at letterboxed at T I L D E underscore Swinton.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Eric is a joke, or you can listen to my radio show, Funk House Berlin. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, you might be able to hear it, but on Saturday, May 6th at midnight, going until Sunday at 10 a.m., uh, uh, Funk House Berlin is going to be live on the air. For 10 continuous hours of top-notch radio, we hope. So yeah, you can listen to that if you want. If you want uh, and you're near the area, you can try to uh, show up and we'll just let you on the air to talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, if you want to call in, uh, contact me. Uh, slide into my DMs on Twitter and let me know and I'll see if we can work something out for when you can call in.
1: And did you say whether they could find you on Twitter?
2: Uh, at Eric is a joke. Okay. Pretty sure I did, but
1: yeah. Okay, ne- never hurts to uh, make sure it's again. True. No such thing as overplugging. And you can contact the show at, at gmail.com. if you want to be on the show. If you're stamps.com and you want to curse us out. If you uh, if you're diapers.com and you want to sponsor us. If uh, mm-hmm. if if you if you want to bring us to your local racism factory or just give us any amount of unneeded attention undeserved and unneeded attention. You can do that at talkingabouttimothyspaul at gmail.com. And I believe that's it for now. In two weeks, you can catch us talking about The Last Samurai with Dominic Griffin. All right. That's see who you we're, next week. Th- that's who we're going to have on the show. He is not Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's not in the movie. Tom Cruise is the star of The Last Samurai, not Dominic Griffin, just to be clear. Anyway, Spall is
0: life. right right now, right now, right now. Right now. this is not a crime Open your heart and your mind Body Sex frustration All your legislation Can't stop teens' masturbation Miss Kristen now Here to show you how The Midwest kid with the twisted sound Miss Kristen now You can be free Of a teenage man, imaginary plan and a DHA, <laughs> thinking about sex that he ain't had, and the rack like his dead drank a VA can. Uh, like your warning are the same as mine, cause teen horniness is a state of mind, and these idiots keep wasting time, calling on carnal chemistry and cravings crime. So, we and Crystal sit you down, let uh, you watch uh, while we demonstrate this is how uh, lyricism meets sex in the physical on bottom, cause it's Christian now, what's up, horny, is not a crime, open your heart and your mind, cause the numbers don't lie, observe the nerds who shot up Columbine, never got laid, no. didn't get laid, so. traded in their books and they picked up a cage, didn't get laid, never no. got laid, 2008 is the horny teenage, didn't get laid, no. didn't get laid, so. traded in their books and the geeks got a cage, didn't get laid, no. 2008 is the horny teenage It's the Midwest gear with the twisted sound Miss Krista now, Miss Krista now So listen up close before you miss the sound and Miss kristen now, Miss Krista now Teen hornyness is not a crime Open your heart Yards you shot a call to five.